Are you feeling unfulfilled in your career and tired of living for the weekend? Do you want to create a life and business you don't need a vacation from? I'm your host, Wendy Schultz, and this is Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Hello, and welcome to Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Today, I have Josh Corporal, who is joining me. He has the most amazing uh, life and story. Um, he is reporting from Key West. And welcome, Josh. Thank Thanks you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. Key West, Florida. I apologize for the roosters in the background. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're going to be out and about. If you've been to Key West, you know about the roosters and, and lots of cats, too. <laughs> lots of cats. There's one rooster in particular we've named Elvis that just will just sit right here and sing, especially when I'm on live with people. So that's what he does. <laughs> well, well, we'll be joining him eventually <laughs> or in, have him enjoy being uh, part of our podcast as well. So that's right. Why, why don't you introduce yourself and your business? Sure. Uh, so yeah, Josh Corporal. I'm in Key West, Florida. Um, I am uh, a software, I have a software business. So I've developed uh, two pieces of software that are both on subscription. Uh, so my main business is not necessarily the coding so much, but everything else. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I have uh, a thing called Funnel Mappy. It's basically a way that you can drag and drop and visualize uh, funnels, different funnels for e-commerce and, and sales funnels. And then I have an accountability software named FireBuilders that helps coaches and consultants scale their personal attention to everyone on a daily basis. So uh, it wasn't always that way, I, but I've been in the software game now for probably six, about six years. Um, and then a lot of crazy stuff before that. <laughs> well, let's get into that. I'd love to hear your story and how you arrived at doing software. That sounds like it's been a journey, so I'd love to hear it. It, it definitely has. Uh, I, um, well, I guess after I got out of college, I have a Spanish degree. I got a BS in, uh, in Spanish. And I went against all of my family's wishes. Uh, I went and just joined a all ship right out of college called the Brig Niagara up in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I just went to live on this ship for months, three months. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. The ship, you know, you sleep in hammocks, there's no running water. You're like carrying a knife around with you all the time. You're running up and down the rigging. Like, uh, it was great. And it, I didn't even know that world existed really. And when I got into it, I said, oh my God, like this is for me. I love this. This is connecting. I love the people. I love the work. It's extremely fulfilling. And that, I was a volunteer, so I wasn't getting paid. But that one decision completely changed the direction of my life. I ended up staying in the tall ship industry for uh, maybe seven years. Um, after maybe three of those years, I, I was a full-time sailor. I was bouncing from ship to ship all over the world. I got my captain's license and then I started driving these things and just, it was such a great way to spend your twenties. Um, but one, one thing in particular that I remember about that lifestyle was that I was actually living here in Key West. I was the captain of a schooner called the Liberty. We sailed on at sunset every day and just about every single time there would be somebody that's on vacation with their family, a guy, uh, you know, a dad that would come back to the, 
wheel and want to steer the boat. And he'd have a drink in his hand. You know, he's having a great time drinking <laughs> some wine, watching the sunset. And he would, you know, he'd be like, how did you get this job? You know, I would have done this. I would have loved to do this when I was your age. And we would get to talking about what he does. For the most part, I would say 95% of the time, every single person that I've talked to would talk about how unhappy they were. Just the decisions that they made, they had so many regrets. And, um, and you, would, you would propose, you'd say, hey, it's never too late, you're right? We could get, get you a boat right now, you can, you can start. And now nah, I can't do that anymore, I'm, I'm too tied down, I've got mortgage, family, and all these responsibilities. Well, anyway, I did that, you do that every day for a year, it starts to rub off that maybe, maybe the, the status quo of how things should go in life, right? The general, the general one, two, three, four, you know, this is what you do after college, isn't necessarily the best thing. And, uh, and so that always stuck with me. Uh, and after that whole experience, I actually went, went, I went to India for a while. I spent a little time in India, came back, went back to school, got a master's in mechanical engineering from Boston university, went to work in the entertainment industry. So I designed stuff for like Justin Timberlake and Beyonce and all this other, all these other crazy, crazy, um, uh, rock shows and stuff in China and everything. It was that experience, the office life that I realized, yo, this isn't, this isn't working. I love the work, but um, I, I'm sacrificing too much of myself. So I, uh, I started learning how to develop mobile apps and I developed a whole bunch of those, realized I didn't know anything about marketing, learned marketing, then started helping other people with their marketing and then saw problems in the marketing industry that I could solve with my own solutions and software. And now here I am in the software business. That's amazing. So, yeah. So um, you have people do coding for you. Is that kind of what I gathered that develop the code, the actual software, and then you do the maybe even we'll talk about it. So yeah. Try yeah. <laughs> so whenever you, cause everybody has an app idea, right? Like, everybody's yeah. like, man, we should, we should totally make this an app. Right. Uh, right. And at the very beginning, I, I learned enough code and in the mechanical engineering stuff, you learn how to program. Um, but you, you very quickly realize that you either are the coder or you are the business developer, right? Because there's so much more to software than just the code. In fact, quite honestly, the code is almost the easy part. Um, the, you know, it's the, it's the marketing, it's the business plan, it's the user interface. Uh, you know, that means essentially how easy the app is to use if you're somebody that is using it for the first time. Uh, all of that stuff, the, the business development side of things. So my responsibilities were to know just enough code not to get you know screwed over essentially by whoever you hire, um, and uh, but to to let them do their job, to do it well, and to work together and as a team to create you know a piece of software that never existed before. And I can tell you that's such a it's a, it's an amazing feeling to see an idea actually come into the world and then watch people use it. That's awesome. Because I think a lot of people would think that in order to get into that type of business that they would have to know what, you know, the ins and outs of everything. And it sounds like, and, and I think in a lot of industries, you just need to know what you know <laughs> and, you know, enough to be dangerous, but yet know where to call in people to, to help you um, and, and use their expertise 
and that you don't have to be someone who has all this experience in all of every realm of the business that you're trying to create. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you kind of have to dive in and say, the work is going to teach me the work, right? Yeah. That's my yeah. favorite quote of all time is that the work teaches you the work. So, I mean, I didn't know anything about apps when I first started. There's no way, but you, you read a couple of articles, you put together a, a plan where you, you know, you kind of get seven or eight people on Upwork that you vetted their, you know, their uh, um, qualifications and then you interview them one at a time and you see how well you work with them. And I mean, really it's just a lot of experimentation and, um, and it's exciting, you know, it's, it's exciting. You learn quickly. It's, it's very much the opposite of like school um, because in school, you try to learn everything to prepare you for any situation. And whenever you jump into a new endeavor, like for me, app building, you learn exactly what you need to know to move to the next step, right? And so as long as you're okay with that, you actually progress much faster, in my opinion. That's awesome. In the end, and that's, I mean, I love that quote. What was the quote you used? The work shows the, you the work? The work teaches you the work. Yeah. You the work. That's great. I've never heard that before and I love it because yeah. it's true. Because a lot of times you get this um, analysis paralysis that you have to know the, every step before you even start. And you're saying start and then the steps will start to appear. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And quite honestly, it doesn't even matter how hard you prepare things are still going to go wrong. Things are still going to jump out at you and, and be unexpected. You're just going to have to deal with it. So you might as well, you might as well just jump in and try it. Um, I think most people like the idea of having a business, but then when they get into it, that's where the real growth happens. Like that's where you're really going to find out um, what you like, what's working for you and what's not. Um, like for instance, uh, you, a lot of people, in my experience, go into business because they see a need in the market and they create a business around that need. But the people that they're serving, they may or may not like them. You know, they, they, they may or may not identify them with them in any way, shape or form. But you do that enough times, you start to realize that uh, whenever you create a business, you really want to create it with the customer in mind first. And that customer should really be somebody that you like <laughs> because you're going to be yes. spending a lot of time with them. Uh, so, uh, so it's taken me a couple of times to figure that out and, and try things and realize that it wasn't for me. So, so the work really does teach you the work. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I know that I've gotten myself involved with customers that I, I was like, no, this, no, not a good fit. And that's, it's yeah, absolutely building to that a business that fits those types of people that you really want to serve is yeah is really big. So did you and, always oh, go ahead? I'm on. Oh no, I was just going to say, and, and, uh, and I feel like identifying who that is, is such a crucial step that, that man just gets glossed over all the time. So people just don't think about it. They just say, Oh man, well, you know, those people need that. And I can, I could provide that, but they never really stop to think if that's, if that's who they want to hang out with, like that whole, uh, who would you want to spend in an airport, like on a layover for four hours? You know, if, if yeah. you don't want to spend a four hour layover with this person, then don't make them a customer. That's, that's true. That's true. I know that I've gotten myself into situations of even 
um, starting businesses that I was like, I don't even like this. Why am I, you know, because you see the opportunity, you think, oh, well, I can make money that way. So I, I must, I should. And then, and then realize you're like, no, no, that's not it. So yeah, yeah. you got to have a little. Like, at the very beginning of the, the app stuff, I was developing apps simply to prove to myself that I could. Like, yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of that out there and, you know, and it manifests itself in various ways, but, but I never really stopped to ask myself if I should. Yeah. And it's, it's only through experience that you start to realize that your time is really valuable. And for the amount of work that goes into each project, do the research beforehand and make sure that it's like, it's going to work first before pouring your heart and soul into it. Yeah. Yeah. To the extent you can tell it's going to work or not, sometimes you have to get in there yep. to find out, do some testing. But I would imagine you should at least have an inkling it's going to work or not. Yeah, right. yeah, totally. In fact, this last software, Fire Builders, um, you know, we've spent the last eight months or so building it out as far as an like its own standalone app. But for the last two years before that, um, I built this out as an MVP. And for those that are listening, an MVP in this case stands for minimum viable product. I basically scrapped it together with ActiveCampaign and Zapier and Google, right? Google tools. And I put the whole concept together because again, at that point, it wasn't necessarily if I could do it. I knew that technically this could happen, right? But how was the market going to respond? Like how were people, people will always tell you that they love it oh my God, it's so great. That's such a good idea. But then you got to wait until they say, how much is it? It doesn't matter. Just take my money here. Right. Yeah. Until they get to that point, I had to test that. So that's exactly, you're right. Like you need to test it first before you go and invest a whole bunch of time and effort. Yeah. So how, so when you say minimum viable product, and I've heard that, um, can you talk a little bit more about what, how you test doing that like what do you do to start testing the market before you put all that effort and money and time and resources into building the whole product yeah sure sure so so in this particular instance the concept was pretty simple actually uh my mom and it all started with my mom <laughs> honestly I <love> that. <laughs> she uh she was an author she needed inspiration every day to write. She was kind of in a slump with as far as her writing, she's working on a second book. And she was calling me all the time and I love her to death, but I needed to work. <laughs> and I had to say, mom, you know, I like, I need, I can't, I can't be spending all the time on the phone with you. How about I try and build something that gives you the, the accountability that you need and the inspiration from me, right? And then, but also lets me go about my day and, and work right as a, as to make my own money. And, uh, and so I did, and it all started as an idea to see whether or not this would work on her. So what I wanted to do was send her a daily email that was reactive to what she did the day before and help her identify and hit her goals. Just one, just one step every single day, like that 1% better kind of every single day. And I did that for 30 days. I built this whole automated program where at the end I just hit a button and it ran for her all 30 days without my involvement. And it worked so well that not only did she just crush the book, but 
word spread among authors and they started using it and then other people started using it for non-writing goals. So every one of those people, to answer your question about the testing, every single one of those people that went through the program, I needed to follow up with them. And I got them on a Zoom call very much like this and I would ask them questions about their experience and I would want them to tell me the truth about how they felt, what, what needed to be in there, what did I not have, what was good, what was bad, et cetera. And it was only through that feedback that I was able to improve the product, get more people in, do the testing again, get more people in, right? It just snowballs. The momentum just snowballs until lo and behold, like you have a product that actually works and it's proven to work. Um, so that's, that's essentially how I did it. That's awesome because what you needed was really one person to even start, just one person to buy into the concept or the idea and then you could build from there. I know when I first started in my business that I was expecting them to come in droves and that's not quite how it happened. Right. <laughs> it took time. But just even to have one person to buy is, is enough to keep a little bit of inspiration to keep going and keep going. But even to get to that first person, you sometimes have to, you have to put some time and money and effort into it. They don't just come you know, I was like, if you build it, they will come. I was like, oh, Field of Dreams, it's, that's, I just build it and I throw it out on the internet and it's going to work. Well, no, not quite that way. You have to then start to tell people about it. <laughs> that's right. And if you can get that one person to buy, right? I feel like getting to that one person from the zero to one kind of concept, that is the hardest part. But if you can do that, then going from one to 10, 10 to 100, it gets easier and easier. But, uh, the biggest jump, like mentally, just as, as somebody that owns their own business and isn't used to s selling, doesn't want to be all sleazy salesmen and push people too hard and things like that. Getting that first sale, that's a monumental step. And I, and I would always work with people and, and they'd have a great idea and they'd say, oh, you know, we're going to get thousands of people into this. And you say, get one, like, let's prove it and just get one in and, uh, and, then, and then get another and then just get another. Don't worry about the thousands yet. You can't even handle it. Even if you had a thousand people, your whole concept would implode anyway. And right. uh, so, uh, so yeah, I agree. Just, just get that one person and you'll, you'll be on your way. That's awesome. Yeah. The, I know the ego wants a lot more um, and it, you know, the, the vanity metrics of, of all these people buying or following or whatever, but it's seldom that you're going to have someone start at zero to 10,000 in a day or, you know, in a few days, it's or a year, even it's, it takes time, which I'm not the most patient person. So <laughs> that's been a hard lesson to learn over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. It's, it's tough because you just, because all that's all you see on social media is just the, you know, the beautiful, sexy tip of the iceberg, right? It's, no one, no one gets, no one gets how much work it really is in the background, nor is it really truthful the things that you see online, right? Like people that say that they're making so much and you know, they can, they can get you this type of traffic and all the, like all these claims very, very rarely can people produce. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a, uh, so anyway, it's like, just go in for yourself. Just keep the blinders on, right? Hang out with, with good people. That's the other big thing. It's like find people that you know, that you trust, right? That are successful in you, in how you've defined success and hang out with them. Just be friends with them. Don't like 
try to soak up all of their knowledge like some creepy sponge, but, uh, <laughs> but, but actually, you know, see what you can do to reciprocate and, uh, um, and you'll be, you'll be so far ahead of the pack. It'll be unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. That's, that's amazing. And I think that who you surround yourself with and talked about this in previous um, podcast episodes as well is just that you find people who understand what you're going through and other entrepreneurs are, you know, tend to be those people. And it's not that you have to give up other friends, but you do need to have a, a circle of people that are going to understand that journey because it can be a little lonely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like we were talking about a little bit earlier before this call, like, especially if you're online, Oh yeah. man, it's crazy. You just, you, um, you really do have to be resilient and try and interact as much as possible. These zoom calls help for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, but yeah, having, having that FaceTime, like that interaction, human interaction, um, and being able to talk about it and realize that what you're going through, other people are going through, um, it just puts you, it just puts things into perspective and makes you realize that you're doing okay. Like just yeah. keep going. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So did you always like miss, did you miss the risk adverse gene or did you, did you grow up like <laughs> not having it? Because um, so many people are concerned about risk and it sounds like you just jumped right into going into a tall ship and living your dream right from the get go. And oh. how did you like, seriously, how did you not get tied into the, the, this is how I'm supposed to do it. I, I, well, for one, for those that are listening, I, uh, I don't like, I was married for a number of years, but we didn't have kids, mm -hmm. um, divorced now. And I, you know, just, I'm, I'm happy with the direction that my life went. I've always, ever since I can remember, ever since I can remember been somebody that just didn't, I think it was maybe mistrust. I just didn't trust people you know? And, uh, especially if a lot of people are saying to do this one thing, I would always like almost intentionally do the opposite. Um, and I think that just fit pretty well for the whole tall ship lifestyle. And then, and then, you know, it wasn't all just burn the boats for me at all. Like there were, they were definitely calculated risks. Like I could have just left the engineering job and just said, screw it, you know, I'm done and quit. Um, but I actually didn't. I, I stayed with it. I worked with them for uh, maybe three years and two and a half of those years, I was doing nothing but developing apps on, on my phone. So, so I was like working two full-time jobs. You know, we would, we would work from, um, from nine to five or usually from eight to six because the hours were pretty long with the engineering, but I would get up at five I would work on the app stuff for a couple of hours before work and I would work on it all night after work every single day for two and a half years. Like it was, it was a, it was a ton, but when I finally was able to leave, I was so much better equipped than had I just panicked, quit and then been like, Oh my God, now what? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so as far as the risk goes, like everybody kind of has their own tolerance, their own risk tolerance. And, and yes, you can be motivated if you just quit and you say, screw it. And I'm just going to figure it out along the way. But 
you also have to know yourself, right? Know like how you perform in those kinds of situations. With, uh, you know, with me, I spent all those years on the ships, you just, you know, you're in dangerous situations all the time. So you start to not get desensitized to it, but you start to respect it a little bit. And then after that, uh, went motorcycled around the Himalayas for two months with a motorcycle that was constantly breaking down. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you just learn a, a very high level of self-sufficiency. And that's what you need as an entrepreneur in today's day and age, especially if it's online, is that you need to know how you learn and how you work. Have a good sense of yourself. Uh, because if you don't and you let other people like tell you what to do and how things should go and you don't listen to yourself or your gut or your instincts, but instead you watch social media and Facebook groups and stuff and you say, oh yeah, well these people are doing it and I should be doing it. For every one of those people that you decide to follow, there's another person that's doing the exact opposite and achieving the same measure of success. So you're just gonna spin around in circles until you go dizzy and bail. Yeah. I'm one of my mentors, uh, David Nagel, he says, he talks about getting to know yourself too. It's like, are you a person that when, if you were to quit your job, would you be one that would be, you know, fire lit under you or are you going to go into paralysis and there, you know, that's the, you know, flight or fight or freeze kind of, a, you know, what yeah. is your reaction going to be? Because um, you do need to know yourself. And what do you think that, you know, what do you think people should have in place before they decide to to leave their job like if they have a business like you did a kind of a side hustle thing for a while two was a you know full-time job it was like two full-time jobs yeah what did you have in place before you you actually made that that leap um i had one i had a much greater understanding of the realities of what i was getting into right um because by that time by that time i started to really understand the process of software creation um and the layers of it, but then I also realized the importance of marketing, which, which at that point I had never even given a thought to really. I was like, I'm going to build these super cool apps on my phone and people are going to love them. And I'm just going to rake in the money and move to an Island. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and of course, like you said, you, you find out very quickly that that is not the case at all. You really do have to market. So, um, if I could suggest anything to people, before they actually quit is to is to have do as much research and involve yourself as much as possible with your marketing like how you're actually going to sell what it is that you've done if you've made sales already that's a that's a very very good start if you haven't made a sale yet figure out what is today today's thursday figure out how you would make a sale by monday and it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be like pristine and, and recorded in some way and would have a standard operating procedure behind it and all that, like call somebody up this weekend and sell your thing. Even if you slash it by 98% of the price, like sell it so that people buy it. Mm -hmm. I would, I would say you should at least have something along those lines before you decide to quit everything. Cause yeah. it's something that you can just easily do. It doesn't take that much time. The, the majority of the time is when people, like you said, are paralyzed, they're trying to figure it out, make it perfect, when really all they need to do is pick up the friggin' phone or, or hop on a Zoom call and just ask for the sale. You know, mm -hmm. it's more about them, their own fear about looking 
stupid or being rejected than it is about the success, the, the objective success of your product. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I would suggest. Just make one sale. That's, I dare you. Just start. I know. Just start with one. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned along the way? That, uh, that again, like you kind of, you act, you figure it out along the way. Um, another big one is what gets measured gets managed. So, so a lot of people out there, they don't know their numbers at all. They don't know, they don't know anything about their numbers. And if you don't know your numbers and by that, I mean, if you're in a business, if you're selling something, how much it costs you to get a customer and how much a customer is worth to you. I mean, really those two things are, um, are, uh, one's called, uh, acquisition cost and one is called average order value or like average customer lifetime value, right? Just those two things, just knowing those two things will give you the insights that you need to make all of these little micro decisions that you're going to have to make every single day. You know, you always want to center yourself back to, is this good for these numbers, right? Uh, so if you don't know those, if you haven't measured them in some way, you'll never be able to manage them and you'll never be able to improve at that point. And if you do, honestly, it's like dumb luck, uh, in my experience. So what gets measured get man gets managed. And then really to just know that I'm trying to think of a good way to put this, like you can literally create anything that you want. Yeah. And as long as you are confident behind that thing and you're doing it for the right reasons, the missing ingredient to most people's success is consistency. Yeah. They'll, they'll try it. They'll put it out there. Three people will tell them no. And then they'll say, this was a dumb idea and they'll talk themselves out of it. And the biggest thing that I've learned is that the, what we experience in life these days, like all of the products that we have in front of us on a daily basis were from people that were just consistent. They weren't necessarily the best products. There's definitely better products out there that have tried and failed because mm -hmm. they weren't consistent. And uh, so I would say whatever you're doing, as long as you're consistent with it, you got yourself a chance. That's brilliant because I know I'm guilty of doing this, that. It's like, oh, I put out an email and nobody said anything and nobody bought, so I, I must scrap it. <laughs> yeah. of, but then the times that I've been persistent and consistent and continuously. Um, and I, and part of it I think is because I didn't believe a hundred percent it was good. And that's, you know, my own self doubt and that kind of thing. But I think once you, um, you, you have to continue to be brave enough to put it out there long enough to get a result, not just, you know, see the first result and make a decision from there. You have to give it time to really totally. give you enough results. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Like, uh, and, and a few Facebook likes and comments, um, aren't results in, in this day and age. It's amazing. And I'm sure you've seen this, like, uh, the effect that your stuff has on people inherently isn't necessarily reflected on social metrics. Like I do this, I do this show called fire builders live and you know, we have a pretty decent following, but the amount of people that message me in the background and say, I caught your show today. That was awesome. But I've never heard from them once. They've never commented. They've never liked anything. Right. 
those people exist. They're out there for your stuff. It's just that, you know, you're, you're not, it's not reflected in the number of shares that you get and stuff. So I would say, again, like you said, be consistent with it. Don't, don't talk yourself out of the idea. Just know that you're having much more of an impact than you feel like you are. Yeah, that's so true because I've, there, there's been people who've reached out to me. I, I know the one was like 10 months after I had done some kind of post that inspired them, but never said anything at the time. But 10 months later, they've changed their life because of something I posted and just, you know, it, and that's, you do have to have a belief in what you're doing and that you are making an impact and continue to, to, to go after it. And if you do have belief in it, that someone else will, will too. Yeah, totally. That, that courage is infectious. It really is. And, and, and really as a business owner, it, it shouldn't even be about the destination so much as it should be that you should be loving the process. Like, just like any traveler, you know, it's, it's the process of traveling, not necessarily getting there, but the experiences that you, that, that happen to you along the way, it's the same thing in business. Like you're going to hit a goal and then another larger, more audacious goal is going to just take its place. And then you're going to have to live up to that goal. And then another one and another one. If you don't love the process of improvement and doing what you're doing and providing a service or a product to people that really love you, you are going to burn out so fast. Yeah. Like, so, uh, so yeah, I, I completely agree. That's awesome. I can hear your rooster in the background. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Or what? Elvis. Elvis. I love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Elvis is Elvis is definitely a little feisty today. Oh, he's uh, giving us a good show. <laughs> <laughs> he's singing a lot. So if you could start over, what would you do differently? Would you I do anything differently? Start over, like from where? From from uh, my twenties. Yeah. So what would you tell your younger self? Like, what would you do differently from when you turn, when you came out of college, maybe we'll start there. Let's see. Well, I would say, um, I would encourage myself to just keep doing what I'm doing because that like going against the grain has served me well in just about everything that I've done. Um, one difference that I probably would have made would be uh, to really, I feel like everybody says this, but it's so true. Like I would have done it sooner, you know? Yeah. It wasn't as scary as I thought once you get in there and do it. And, and it takes longer than you think it's gonna take to really gain traction. So it's like that story, have you heard that bamboo, like how bamboo grows? It's like that story. No, no. Yes, so when you plant, when you plant bamboo from, from seed, you, uh, you no, know, you put it in the ground, you cover it with water, dirt and water. You don't see any progress for years, right? It just, it doesn't grow like a normal plant does. Um, and then all of a sudden, years later, you'll see a shoot, a little, little shoot, and then it will grow at like three, four, five times the rate of most plants. It'll just explode up into the air, right? And grow very quickly. And the reason it can do that is because all of the progress happened below the surface. It, it created an entire gigantic root system in anticipation for explosive growth, but it just wanted to make sure that it would survive it and, uh, and not fall over right when it got too tall. So 
that's, that's how business is. That's how whenever you create something of your own, that's how it is. That's how the world is. You, it takes a while for people to accept it, adopt it, and start using it and improve it, et cetera. And a lot of times you just don't see progress on the surface, but you just got to keep going. So I would tell myself, I would tell myself that to start earlier because it takes longer than, longer than you would anticipate. Absolutely. Well, that is like a great way to end this because I think that's absolutely amazing um, story and amazing advice. And thank you for joining me today. How can people find you? How can people find me? Uh, they can. In Key West. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in Key West. It's a small <laughs> island. Shout my name and I'll probably hear you. Uh, Not that and, big. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can find me, let's see, um, on Facebook, Josh Corporal. Um, I have a software, firebuilders.io. You can check that out. Uh, you can actually get on the wait list if that it all seems like of interest to you as far as the accountability stuff. I encourage you to check that out. Funnel Mappy as well. Um, if you just honestly Google either of those fire builders or Funnel Mappy, you'll probably find me. Or you can just shoot me an email, josh at firebuilders.io. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate hearing your story and your insight. Yeah, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to the Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. And if you're ready to create a life and business that you don't need a vacation from, be sure to reach out to me on facebook.com forward slash your permanent vacation. And also be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Have a great day. Take care now. Bye.